krijg een message die cannot join. Mike Pinto, let me uh, invite you. Let me invite you. I hope it works. Hey, man. There we go. I'm fine, man. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Cool. I'm, cool. I'm doing so, well. Welcome, man. Yeah, thank you so much for, uh, yes, for inviting yes. me today. I really well, appreciate it. Well, like I said, it. I have a little project to uh, to announce, or not to announce. I'm busy with a little project. Um, is to have contact with a lot of a lot of companies around the world, people who, who I've worked with, and I know, and also people I don't even know, companies I don't even know. You know, just through social media, I look at videos or stuff that they they do. And I was like, okay, let's reach out to some people and have some conversation, you know, and learn from different perspectives, learn from uh, your stories, and and share to the community, you know. So uh, I was thinking about to do this a long time, even during the pandemic, but never came to fruition. And then I was like, you know, whatever, I'm just gonna do it. And uh, <laughs> so sometimes you start to overthink yourself, you know. So what if this, blah 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 blah, but. Then I reached out to Muti to Temple, and he was like, yeah, let's do this. And then the ball started rolling, you know? So, uh, yeah, but thank you very much for uh, doing this, man. Even though you don't, you, you, you don't know me, and, but I think it's, uh, it's a nice gesture, man. Thanks. Yeah, no problem at all. And I, I totally know what you mean. The, the hardest part of doing these projects yeah. is, is yes. doing the first one and just getting exactly. started. So I still have to find a way, really cool <laughs> but this, this is my first time, you know, doing live events, you know, but uh, I, it's, it's getting okay. It's getting okay. But too cool, man. But I, I have some questions, but let, just like up with just let it, just let it flow, you know. Um, first, first thing, what I most like to ask about Apelidos, your nickname, uh, why Desconfiado, um, and are you, you know, are you, what's your, yeah, what's your, your opinion about your apelido as well? So that's a, that's a great question. And um, through, so through my time at Capoeira, I've had, I don't know, five or six different apelidos yeah. kind of get put on me at different times. And, and at this point, I don't really go Okay. by any of them so so mainly now i just yeah. go by my yeah. given name by, by mike which okay. i feel the most comfortable with um but desconfiado was given to me when i was uh, a part of uh, capoeira manjinga it was because um mm -hmm. i have basically like a lazy eye yeah. so desconfiado means suspicious yeah, oh, yeah. it's right. like a like a side eye type of thing um but it, it's the kind of thing where like you know, you don't really have a, an apelido until yeah. people see you as that, right? And it was something that most okay. people just never ended up really calling me. Oh, really? Uh, not even my teacher. So yeah. it, it was something that... So it's just it. like yeah. Mike. Everyone knows just Mike. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. No, that's, yeah. that's interesting because I know some companies that, you know, they had a name, but they never used it, you know? 
that teaches. Uh, mm -hmm. My name is Espiritu, but I had, I had a different name before. I was called Pejon. But I, I think it was given because I was the mm -hmm. only black kid in the class, you know? And it was just like, ah, Pejon, it's the easy way, you know? And in the time, yeah. I was really young, I was like 14. In the time, it was oh, sounds cool, you know? I didn't know knew, knew any Portuguese, so it sounds cool to me. But later on, I was like, man. And then the teacher left the group. And then another teacher came. And I, I asked him, can I change my name in Capoeira? He said, can, can it be done? He said, yeah, it's possible, you know? So then he, uh, he baptized me. It's more fitting than just facial because I was the only black kid in the class, you know? So that's, the, that's what the yeah. thing like uh, the thing, uh, about your... Um, your podcast, you you, you had an uh, item about the nicknames, uh, you know, where it come from, and, and mm -hmm. what I want to ask you is about what was your drive to start with with a podcast about, you know, diving into the history, and mm -hmm. what did you learn from that? So, I... I've really always been interested in Capoeira history uh, for a long time. And one of my one of my first instructors was um, someone who was really he really valued uh, the history a lot, and he he did a lot to kind of impress that on us. Uh, and so when I was uh, learning Capoeira, I was always looking for things to read, ways to learn more, and ask questions mm -hmm. about. Uh, about the history. And so I developed this like big library of books and yeah. notes and all that stuff. And that was great. But when I, when I started teaching more and more, um, I had always been trying to figure out a way to mm -hmm. transmit that knowledge to my students in a way that they oh, yeah. could um, digest, especially, especially for people who may be uh, don't speak Portuguese or, you know, mm -hmm. are unfamiliar with Brazilian culture. So um, it was kind of, that's where it was coming from. And then during the pandemic, um, yeah. I ended up traveling for work God. a lot. So I had a lot of time and uh, that's kind of where that, yeah. <laughs> where that Nice, man, from. nice. Because uh, I stumbled upon your podcast like a guest last year. I was just searching on Capoeira podcast mm -hmm. on Spotify and then came to uh, sing for survival and start to notice man this is really you know insightful and meaningful some some stuff i i really know knew but there was a lot of stuff i didn't even knew about and i started to research myself and also incorporate in my classes myself it was like this is really nice you know that's one of the reasons that i also reached out to you to have some conversation about, about that you know mm -hmm. and is there any uh topic that's that stuck with you during your research um, for your podcast? Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> there's so many because the, going through the process made me learn uh, a lot about, um, so so much more about, about Cup of History that I never even, yeah, I, I never even thought to ask the question. Yeah. I think that, that's what comes up a lot. But I think the two things that uh, stick out to me the most are um, Lampião and yeah. the history of like the northeastern, northeast of Brazil. 
Brazil uh, and uh, oh, yeah. Queen uh, Jinga and yeah. how some that, of that history of Africa about it. Uh, in yeah. I didn't either. It was so with, mm. so for both of them, with Lumpion, you know, we sing songs that has Lumpion in there, but we never talk about Lumpion in Capoeira, really, other than like yeah, yeah. little verses and songs. So, um, but that's that's a little bit of the disconnect with, with uh, yeah. you know, Brazilians and non-Brazilians. So my brother's girlfriend was born in the Northeast of Brazil and she doesn't know, or she didn't know much about Capoeira, but knew about Lumpion because it was yeah. like a, a cultural figure. So if you're in that culture and you see, you hear these references yes. to Lampion, it yes. makes sense. That's, but for us, that's it's so just, alien to us. It's just another you know? game. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. It's, it's the same exactly. because, you know, I, we sing a lot of Lampion in our, in our couple of stories, in our songs, also about like Sassi, you know, and only scratch the surface mm -hmm. what they really stood for and stands for, you know, in the Brazilian culture. We as non-Brazilians, is for us, like outsiders, just we have to dive in more. What's um, the significance? What's, in, what, what's, what's, what's all about, you know? And uh, I start to do more research also about Lampignon, you know, because I want to know what I'm seeing, you know, and not because, oh, it's a yeah. important figure, just throw his name. But I want to know more, you know, why is it so important? Why was he, he was so important? It said it's say with Zumbi, all those kind of historical figures in Capoeira or in Brazil. We have to know a little bit thing, little things about them, you know. So I also say to my students, try to deep dive in some history about Capoeira, you know. Begin with the surface and then try to go down the rabbit hole. You would never go coming out, but <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah. That is also a training of capoeira. That that's my that's my opinion. But uh, but th that's why I like you know because capoeira is so rich in you know movements, songs, history, everything you know. And sometimes you think you know a lot until you hear other stuff. You think, oh, never heard it before, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me yeah. too, I'll think I know a lot and then I'll have yeah. a six-year-old student True. ask me a question that I never even thought to ask before and I, realize I, that to, I don't know anything Yeah, I had the same with, I, I also so. teach uh, uh, kids and uh, they love to talk about history. So I love to talk about history. Oh, yeah. teacher, are we going to talk about history? Yes, we're going to do some history. And then one of the students <laughs> asked me, a really simple question, but I never thought about it. Uh, Spiritu, what does capoeira mm. mean? The word capoeira, I was like, why are you asking me this now, man? <laughs> also the end of the class, I was like, okay, hold that thought. <laughs> I'm not <gonna> speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> research, you know, my own experience, you know, and it's, it's so vague. You know, just that question is to answer so vague because what yeah. what does it mean? You know, it, it, yeah, there's so many stories and it's like Makule lived. There's so many different stories. What does Makule actually mean? You know, so I just put right. some pieces together and for my own 
view okay this can mean something a little bit what's worth for capoeira but it's not literally you know so it's kind of vague because capoeira for me can be different the words than for you maybe you know so it's all subjective you know so but those kind of questions it's 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 really fun because it makes you think you know it makes you think but how, how long do you play capoeira now uh cool. it's been cool and how was your upbringing capoeira? how you okay why yeah why capoeira when when you saw it what happened when you saw it? Sorry. another great question uh so i guess started at a when i was in college um so i mm -hmm. i'm right now i live in california but i grew up on the east coast mm -hmm. of the u.s by uh by boston and when I was when I was in college then, um, around like 2008 2010, uh, there was actually a lot of college groups that were doing really well. All the different colleges around. So um, my my dad was into martial arts, so I had a I had the yeah, word kapoda yeah. in the back of my mind somehow. Uh, but then when I went to school, I just found mm -hmm. I stumbled on a group that was practicing so cool. i got involved with them and that was basically it uh so it, i got involved with the groups that were over there and then wherever i go now it's you know how do i find the cup this and how do i yeah, nice. figure out how to do nice. it wherever i'm at because you, you you spend most time in uh manjinga and then you left the group oh so actually no um i I spent the most time with the first group that I was in, which was oh, uh, okay. the Bondas, yeah. which is this one. So that's uh, that's in Rhode mm -hmm. Island um, with uh, Massachusetts. So I moved here to California yeah. six years ago. I think a little more than six years ago. Um, and so I was with Capoeira Manjinga for okay, okay. three, four yeah, years, yeah. something like that. Uh, yeah, and then uh, and then the group that was here left to to form their own group, um, and so that's and now I'm uh, I'm training with uh, Messi oh, Mosca nice, nice. with uh, with his cool. group in the area. Yeah, here. I thought I saw some videos with him. He goes, ah, thanks, Mascara. Nice, nice. Yeah, and but you have your own you have your own group um, with him, or it's just like working together. So I, uh, I'm training with him and I'm a part of his group, but I have my own school that I've been running. Uh, it's like, oh, really? we're like an hour apart, right? Mm -hmm. So I have my, my own school uh, in Santa Clara, it's by San Jose, um, that I've been running for about oh. three years, maybe a little more than three years. So where we do adults programs, kids programs, um, working on more like mm. community programs now, nice. uh, trying to get nice. involved there. So and, yes, uh, and is that is, is that your passion to to teach as well? Uh, it it is, and it's kind of become that. So that's not oh, my right. my day job. I'm an engineer. Um, so. 
but I, I've, I've been yeah. teaching on some level for a very long time, um, running different college groups. Um, when I was in grad school, I was teaching, uh, you know, science and math stuff. Yeah. So it's something that I've been trying to do more and more. Yeah, nice, um, nice. As much as I can, really. And, um, well, you regret Scarpet for like 14 years. Um, can you remember, I can, of course you can remember, how was it feel like your first, your first Batizado? Uh, it was yeah, <laughs> overwhelming, <laughs> overwhelming. So the first, yeah, the first Bajazada was in 2009, mm -hmm. 2009. And um, yeah, I, I remember, so it, it's always that, that kind of like, that moment where you wake up and realize that there's an entire community outside of just yeah, like yeah. six people that you train with, um, of just like different people yeah. everywhere, crazy skilled people. Um, and it was just, I just remember being in yeah. a gym with like 50 people, uh, and, and just being <laughs> like, what did I get myself involved yeah. with? Where am I? Um, so, but I think the, it's hard to it's hard to yeah. like forget that feeling like the first time you yeah. the giant yeah, same. and everything. No, uh, not 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 a bad but just the commute how big it is, you know, because you think it's like yeah. you think you're you're the only one with your group, you know? And then there's a whole another community, all other groups were doing things differently and like you said, killed capristas. I remember for me it was like when I Travel for the travel for the first time. I visit all the groups, you know. Uh, they uh, invited me for the first time for the for a trade by Zadu. I was like, uh, I don't know why they asked me to come here, man, because I see couple doing crazy stuff, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was for me overwhelming as well. And I was so new into my first uh, teacher's quarter, you know, and the first time going to an event was not mine for my own school, you know, and for me, it was also really overwhelming. And I was like, okay, how am I going to deal with this? You know, sometimes even a little bit intimidated and scared to play because I don't know these people. I can, I know yeah. maybe three or four and that's about it. It was all strangers to me. But if you go, if you travel more, you start to get more connection you start line of friends, you know, um, but the first time it was really tough. It's really tough, you know, but I think it's the same as life. If you do something for the first time, something new, it can be overwhelming, you know, but we have, we have to do it because that's the way we learn, where we learn, you know, so, um, but yeah, cool. Um, how do you train for yourself as well? Yeah, just on yeah, like on my. On my how do you drive yeah. to yeah. get on and just train? So it, it's been kind of two two things because I I think that's I think that's a struggle yeah. for everyone once they teach more. Yeah, is finding the yeah. time and finding the the energy to do it. Um, for me, it's been one yeah. having a really good plan. Um, so, you know, it's really sitting down and say, okay, if I'm going to 
practice by myself, yeah. this is exactly what I'm going to do. Because it, it, it's like, it's really tough when you go there like, yes, I want to train. I set aside the time for train. I show yeah, up the train. Exactly. <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, so there's that. And then there's uh, kind of using, uh, what's the word? Basically using like events that you're going to or something uh, like that as kind of like markers, even if, even if it doesn't really matter. So like, uh, like for example, uh, next week I'm going up to Portland yeah. for, uh, for an event up to YouTube rather for an event. And so for me in my training, I'm like, okay, I want to focus my personal training on this type of thing. So I can be ready for this event, even if, no. even if I don't have yeah. to go and perform, yeah. it's just like for me in my head. Um, that way I know like in each session, like, okay, I'm practicing, I'm practicing these exact things. I'm practicing these exact things for this. Cool. So uh, you use basically uh, so that's like me events fun. templates to work with. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Exactly. It's the same with, exactly. uh, for your teaching methods, like, okay, maybe you don't have any, um, ideas to, to, to teach. So are you doing the same? You use the same methods or something different? Yeah, it's, it's similar. So, um, my teaching actually has changed a lot mm -hmm. over the past uh, couple of years, uh, because I've been interacting with people like, yeah. um, like Messi Cueca, nice. like, uh, Messi Fajadura, who have really just yeah. amazing teaching methods and structures. They do really incredible work. So, um, I, I now think of it as, I think of it on a couple of different mm -hmm. levels. I think of it on the year level, okay. the month level and the week level. So, um, my goal for my students is to have people who can, uh, handle themselves in yes. many different kinds of hadas. So students, like if they show up to an Angola hada, they're not going to be Angoleros, but they're going to have an understanding of what to expect. Yes. And they're going to be able to, you know, make it work there. Right. So. If I want to do that, then we need to have some amount of time we're training yeah. each styles, right? So I break up the year into, okay, now these months yeah. we're going to do Angola, these months we're going to do Hijanao, these yeah. months we're going to do Caponaya, that kind of thing. Um, and then at the beginning of each month, yeah. it's easy for me to say, okay, we're working on this style. By the end of this block, I want them to know this. So nice. let's sprinkle this throughout the month. Yeah, exactly. um, and it makes, it makes it more manageable. You still, yeah. to, you still have to improvise a lot because, you know, yeah. you never know who's going to show up or yeah. something doesn't work or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But at least there's like that the overall same. structure. That's the same. I work with like uh, templates or teams, you know. One more, right now we're going to do more like Angola uh, stuff, you know. And um, like last mm -hmm. month we did a lot of takedowns, grapplings, you know, like real national stuff. And now more more to the ground, you know, yeah. more the flow, more up, uh, up close. So they, like you said, if they're gonna play with the Angolero one time, but some new beginners, they know how to handle themselves. And they know, oh, this is different, something different. Let's, you know, transform and go with the flow, you know, instead of just only training one thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so I love right. to 
to prepare my students, you know, everything, what I know, I want to teach them as well, you know, and so they, they are prepared for if they go into an Hoda, oh, they can play fast, they can play hard, they can play a little bit Angola, uh, they can sing this particular song, they can handle the instruments, you know, it's like preparing them to go outside, basically, you know? basically, and I always yeah. encourage people, go outside, you know, travel, go visit other groups or events, because you will learn a lot, you know, if you just stay at home all the time, you know, you start to feel a little bit too comfortable and in your comfort zone, like everyone does, mm -hmm. you go outside, you will, you will get your hashtag, you will get your cabezada settled, but you know how to handle it later on, you know, so that's really important, but also not only for the students, but also for the teachers as well, because I see when we go to events, and there's a lot of other teachers there, it's also a, a, a time for us to, to train, to play with each other, you know, to level up a little bit, you know. So also take opportunity to go visit other groups and train, you know, play, play, or play a lot, a lot of games with my students, you know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, bro, I have to go. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's for the same, so yeah. if you sometimes you, you want to, to push yourself and you, it's like a birthday hot, but it's not if your birthday, so you play with every students and wear yourself out. Yeah. Absolutely. We need, we need that. Absolutely. We need that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, especially as teachers, we need that too, because kind of what you're saying about going outside and, and meeting other people and playing is so important for, yeah. um, it's important for everybody. But especially for teachers, because, you know, so much of our energy is yeah. focused on the teaching rather yeah. than the, like, growing ourselves. And, you know, it's very easy to, yeah. like, yeah. plateau ourselves because we're like, oh, mm -hmm. we're just focusing on the teaching, exactly. so we're just doing this. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it's important for both, I think. And also, you know, I love, honestly, I love going to events, too. And um, I, nice. I take nice. every workshop whenever I'm at an event. Even workshops that maybe mm -hmm. like I'm not super interested in, but I'm always watching how oh, yeah. does the teacher yeah, run yeah. their class? How do they run their workshop? Because you can see it on a kind of a different yes. level and learn from those techniques too. Is there a thing in Capoeira, like um, not political wise, but more, you know, styles whatsoever, that you're not that fond of? You know, some student of mine doesn't like to play hard. Uh, I know one couple of days, he doesn't like doing makulele. Um, so if, is there a, a, a thing in Capri that you uh, rather not, but I'm going to do it anyway? Um, hmm. That's hard. I think the only thing that I I don't like right now, and it, I don't think that this is really mm -hmm. happening mainly in like the mainstream of Capoeira, but there's some like I'm I'm fine with hard games. I like hard games, but sometimes people bring uh, in yeah. a little bit yeah. of Brazilian yeah. Jiu-Jitsu into those hard games. No, that I don't that I don't like. Um, mm -hmm. If it happens, whatever. But uh, I try to at least discourage <laughs> yeah. my students from that. <laughs> from that. Yes, nice. All right. 
Yeah, it's the same. You know, it's more. It, it also depends on the context. You know, and if they're just going to the hall sure, just to brawl sure. and just to do other stuff, yeah, that's not for me. It's not in the context of the game. What's supposed to be, you know, and even though hard games, yes, we can play hard, and I like hard games as well. But it has to be in context, not to jump into the hall like kamikaze style and just kicking people around. You know, that's everybody can do that. You know, you have to be aware, be more proficient. Okay, calculate and when you're gonna play hard. You know, because if you just jump in the hall and start kicking people, man, people will just kill your ass, you know, just yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I learned my lesson. I yeah, learned, yeah, I yeah. Lesson. And I tell, always, always yeah. I tell the, the stories to my, my students, you know, because I had some, there, there was a time that, that I really loved to, to, to test myself, but also test the, the person who I'm playing with. And there was a moment that I was playing with a, with a mm. mastery. And I know, I knew he liked to play hearts but with respect you know but i was like i was playing so irritating man i was like a like an irritating mosquito all the time in his face you know <laughs> but the, the crowd the people was loving it you know and but until one moment it was like <laughs> man, I, I had enough of you man i was like instant in a in a yeah in a space you know and the game in the time wasn't called for that but I was still young, I was just happy. I was just trying to, I don't know, please the audience and have entertainment yeah. game without even knowing the context of the game, you know? And then he was like, you know, F you, I'm gonna hit. So he pulled the shirt, my camisa over my head and gave me one big banda, man. Like, <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's on YouTube, by the way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, no, and really? I'm not shy about it because that happens, you know. So I told my students, sometimes I tell my students about it. Yeah, yeah. You can look it up, you know. But it's more to prepare yourself, you know. You, you have to be aware of what you're doing, you know. And if you're not aware of what you're doing and maybe you're, the kick of what you're doing right now, for you, it's just no big deal. But for other person, can be like, what are you, what are you doing, man? It's not the game we're playing. And then it's such a new place, you know? We have something we have to learn the hard way, you know? Have you have any uh, uh, occasions like that, that uh, you were just too enthusiastic and or not with your mind in the game and some teacher has to, like, Mike and... I love you, guy, but no, man. <laughs> I have to do a dance right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I've been kicked plenty of times. Plenty of times. Plenty of times. Uh, but I think, so I, mm. I've more had the opposite problem, um, where my, my story, yeah. even, even now, has been to kind of like uh, ah, yeah, occupy yeah. my space. You know what I mean? So like all when I was younger, coming up in mm -hmm. Cupboard, it was always like holding uh, or or not, um, what's the word? Ah, yeah, yeah. Being timid, I guess, right? Being timid in, in the game. Not really like go putting everything out because you don't know what's gonna happen. You try not to like 
offend the other person and that kind of stuff. So that that has more been kind of my process All right. uh, nice. that I've been going through. Nice. Just personality. It, it, it's like Kaput is all yeah. yes. is all like personality kind of stuff like that. Because it's because it's funny what you're saying now. I can uh -huh. see in um, yeah. I can see in my kids, yeah, in the way they interact with each other. You know, kids come in, they got lots of energy. You know, like a kid that's seven yeah. years old thinks he's got like these really funny jokes, and is debugging the yeah. other kids with them <laughs> until one of them freaks out. So uh, it's the same exact thing, and they learn from that. They yeah. learn, okay, this is how I have to interact. And that's the, that's the thing. If you just learn yeah. uh, from it. You know, and handle it another time. That's okay. You know, I've I've been kicked many times. I remember when I when I started capoeira, I was the youngest, and I just came from other martial arts. I did gymnastics. I love to do crazy stuff. You know, jump over fences and doing. You know, my mom was like, "Man, just go outside." You know, I was always imitating like uh, action stars, like of course, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, all them, you know? And then, uh, well, okay, I, Capoeira. So for me, Capoeira was like, cool. I can do all those crazy stuff. You know, I can do the flips, I can do the, the crazy kicks, but I never played, I never actually played Capoeira. It was a really big distance for me and uh, my opponent, you know? I was playing here, doing my stuff. And, the other person was here, you know, it was no connection. You know? And yeah, I was young, you know, and just tried to, you know, doing fancy movements. And then I get the bandas, hashteras, every damn time, every damn time. I was <laughs> aggravated and angry, you know, and the teacher was like, yeah, but you're playing, you're not playing Capoeira. You're too open, your armada is too high. Man, you're not stable enough, you know, and I only have to do like this and you fall. You know, I was like that, you know, and I was like, okay, okay, so I have to change my game, you know, but when you get older, when you get more experience, you play with other companies, then you will form more your style as, you know, as well, you know, and even, even now, if I see old footage of me, like 10 years ago, even five years ago, I played differently. There's still, still some fingerprints yeah. of me back from that, but I play differently right now, you know, I'm getting older, some movements, doesn't get as flexible enough as like they, you know, so you have to change some stuff up. But uh, I think you, you keep evolving, you know, in a different kind of way, you know, if also with injuries, um, I have like a, a hip injury, I have arthritis. So I cannot do any high kicks. I cannot do a lot of jumps anymore. So I have to, you know, figure things out how to play capoeira, you know, uh, listen to my body as well, you know. Uh, do you have any uh, injuries or whatsoever that you have to, you know, relax your... So, so I, I mean, I've been, I'm lucky right now. So I, about 10 years ago, mm -hmm. I, I had to have knee surgery um, from Capoeira. And that took me a very long time to to recover from, um, and so like like you, I mean, my game is changing all the time because you know, getting older, understanding yeah. is changing. Even what yeah. I like yeah. changes all the time. Um, but 
what I've changed more than anything else uh, since yeah. that injury is how I prepare myself uh, for Capoeira. So mm -hmm. I'm healthy now. Um, I haven't had any major injuries in a while, uh, but it's yeah. constant work yeah. to make sure that yeah. that stays That's that really way. important, you know? It's really important. So my question, not a question, um, we, in upbringing Capoeira, who was your biggest influence in Capoeira besides your own teacher, like a master or, or other teacher? Who was your influence that you look up to like, man, he or she is really something else? Hmm. So the, I guess there, there's a couple. Um, so when, I mean, first was the, yeah. of course, the older students that were around. So I had, there was uh, one one guy that was around. He was like teaching a bit um, that it was it was always like you know from like a martial point of view. It was like I really want to play like this person. I'm always watching them. Always trying to figure out what they're doing. Um, but I also um, so when I got started, it was early YouTube days. So there wasn't there wasn't nearly as much Capoeira online as there is now. But I remember there was, um, I don't know if you've, maybe you've seen this one too. There was this old yeah. uh, VHS. Yes. Uh, yes. Kibi. Messi yeah. Kibi's 30, 30 Movimentus. So I had that on a flash drive and me nice. and my, me and my nice. training partners would be passing That's that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, and I, uh, that was, that was, um, I always, I always think back on that one, especially now that there's so much, you know, now it's hard to count the amount of people that inspire yeah. me and people that I'm like watching what they do and trying to pick this one thing out it's, of what they uh, do. But a yeah. lot, man, it's a lot. <laughs> I came from a time that, that's, yeah. you know, was VHS with Capoeira, you know, <laughs> VHS, you know, and now yeah. it's like one click social media and see all the reels people stuff you know it's yeah. a different time we're living in right now it's so so real sometimes so even um you know old masters or masters that you you love inspired are into this kind of stuff back i remember back in the day yeah. when you go when you went to an event and there was a master or teacher uh you know giving that a workshop something something was was even uh you can you could not film it. They didn't want to film it. You know, you have to ask for permissions so, or oh, go, can I film it? So sometimes oh, no problem. Something no, don't film. But nowadays it's just like basically people can learn copyright from the internet. You know, it's so surreal. You know? yeah. So we live for so different time that now it's so exposed, we can just share it, you know. And if I think back Remember, I was there with a with a camcorder, and Master Jalon was doing a, a workshop. It was all oh, cool, man. I was wanted to film. It was like, no, no, but you gotta announce. Oh, oh, sorry, man. You know, <laughs> I screwed up, messed up. <laughs> but now it's so normal. It's so yeah, you know. So I know it's so it's so nice that Capoeira can change, evolve so quickly as well. You know, I think it has to as well. You know, I think it has to. Because we are evolving, yeah. we are changing, and uh, Capoeira is also keeps evolving. People 
throwing different stuff in capoeira. Other people pick it up, make it their own, spread it again, you know, and here and there, it's capoeira keeps changing. That's what I love about it, you know. Yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's gonna make, I, or I think it's been part of what's been making. At least I've been feeling the Capoeira community has been getting a lot more cooperative and collaborative yeah. over the past like five to ten years, and I, I have to feel like this is part of it because I mean when I was starting Capoeira, exact kind of what you're saying, people didn't want, mm. especially in the on the East Coast, um, mm. groups were very competitive with each other. No. And people didn't want their games filmed it up on the internet because exactly. they want people exactly. to be able to learn what they were they doing. So. No. And now, now nobody does things like that. But you know, yeah. people really, people yeah. really yeah. like keeping things it's really so tight. I, I didn't even knew. I didn't even notice the the, the switch. It's just like it was just there, you know. Yeah. yeah. And now we're doing this, this you know, exchange yeah. stuff. You know, it's it's so uh, yeah. something so surreal. How quickly things goes, you know. Yeah, in capoeira. Yep. Do you have a, a favorite favorite instrument to play in capoeira? Do you like all of them? <laughs> oh, man, that's hard. Um, I've really been digging into atabaki playing mm -hmm. a lot more later lately. Um, uh, I think that's yeah, that's yeah. it. It always shifts, right? So like these couple of years, yeah. I'm like, oh. All about beat and battle. These couple of years, I'm all about funded. Right now, it's yeah. I'm in like the Atabaki phase. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see where that takes. But I do, oh, I do nice, love nice. good on go go. Nice. What 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 was your first uh, instrument that you learned to play? Do you remember? Let's see. I think it might have been beat and battle. Because when when we were in the so in the college group we didn't have um, we didn't have any Hatabakis, but we had a couple okay. like really old leftover beatimbaos. Oh, nice. nice. That was actually the first. Yeah, for one. me as well. The first one was the beatimbao. I remember when I walked into the school and I saw the teacher I never I've never seen before. You know, bow with one string and a coconut on it. Like, what the hell's that? And then it's made the sounds like, oh, immediately I fell in love. I said, I want this. Not yeah. even I want to do capoeira now, I want that instrument. You know? I want that <laughs> instrument. So, yeah, the Bidiba was also my first instrument to uh, to own and also to to practice on, you know. And later on, at the back, the latest, the latter, uh, it was the Pandero. I did it. It wasn't my interest. It was so mm -hmm. weird because. I could play the I could play the bimbao, I go go, heko heko. I couldn't figure out the pandeu. I couldn't figure that one out. It was like okay, I, something they put it the pandeu in my hands like I couldn't hold the beat. And at the back was easy for me, but mm. the pandeu was so strange to me. And then some, and then a guy from he just came from Brazil. He traveled in Brazil, you know, and he came to the class. And uh, he took the pandera, just he just I played the sound like that, 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 and he was, it was, he was such a dick about it. And I was like, okay, now I'm gonna do, now I'm gonna learn pandera, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> then I start to 
slightly more interesting to plan there. But the, but that was was the yeah the latest instrument that I learned to play. You know, but uh, I think it also depends where your interests lie that moment. You know, yeah. where your heart goes, where your, your feeling goes. So for me, it was the beating bow. It was like yeah, really rocking that. You know, uh, the beating bow. And then I own I finally had my own beating bow and couldn't and didn't know how to string it. You know. So that's another issue. But yeah. I have a couple of these stuff. Yes, I haven't been in bow. Okay, help me string it. You know, it's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, good times, good times, man. Yeah, Pandero is. I, I think people underestimate how hard Pandero is to play really well. I think that's why, like, I, I felt the same and I was kind of like, you know, almost bored with yeah. Pandero. In the very beginning, because I was like, "Oh, this, exactly. is, the, this is a less interesting Altabaki." But then yeah. you see someone really yeah. play samba and like the different types of sambas that they can play. Yeah, um, it's now you can do a lot of cool stuff, but it takes a time, lot you know? of practice. To and finally, I, I learned some some tricks, you know, that you do with when they're just spinning or just like do like this or the elbow. That was like, yes, finally, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 it's, it's if you think about it, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, and, uh, but yeah, I, in overall, like you, it really depends where I am at the time. Sometimes it's just all about one particular instrument, like you say, um, you know, this month I only focus on the beating bow or just the atabag, whatsoever. It's, it's, it's all about the moments as well, you know, do you like, do you, um, do you lead the harder all the time, or do you have students that can lead the harder as well? Oh. Uh, no, my I have my students lead as well. Um, I'm trying as much as so. Most of my students are very new. Um, I think the ones with the most experience yeah. probably have like a year yeah. and a half, maybe something like that. But I'm really trying to, um, I'm really trying to get them to take leadership. Yeah more early um one because it can't just be me all the time um but also because you know uh i think it helps for students to feel yeah um like real ownership like they they deserve to like be in the front they know their stuff they can handle what they're doing um so that they um i think it makes them less scared and less timid when they go and play because they see themselves and other people that come as more of like equal footing, not like they're the yeah. the new students way down here and everyone else is just kind of kind that of makes sense. That them. makes sense. It's really important. Also, really early on, you know, to give them the instrument, try to lead, you know, make mistakes. Otherwise, if you wait too long, it you will build the, the wall really hard to overcome it, yep. you know. It's a really nice approach that you do. I like it as well. Just be early on, try to lead the harder because I like to play as well. Just in the harder, I want to play. You know, I don't want to see the yeah exactly the same old faces <laughs> in the battery all the time. You know, I want to just go play. I want to play as well, yeah. and uh, I want to see some new faces in the battery. You know, and I do some when we do a real real harder. Okay, I pick the people out that can play just to hold steady. But we do just like practice hard, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, yo, grab the beating bow. But, uh, grab uh, at the bow, just try it out. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter if you go out of beat. Try it again. Try it again. You know, and I think that's a good way to introduce them to, to into the bateria, but also to try to lead a little bit. You know, and, and singing as well. Singing is with singing. I understand that some people are hesitant with singing because it's something mm -hmm. important. Just playing instruments um, because some people are scared to sing. And I understand that, but even even then, I was like, like try to guide guide them, you know, sing together and or try to sing in the head first and stick with the the basic songs like that's the easy stuff, you know. Don't come with Latin hands or something, but just stick to the basic songs. There's CC, Parane, whatsoever, and then later on you will start to develop more, you know. Yeah, but they need that. Yeah, they need that opportunity to push. try and mess up and all of that. Yeah, understand that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Did you did you sing immediately when you had your beating bow, or, or was it like okay, I had more time to develop my singing? So yeah. I I had a little bit of an easier time um, because uh, I I've been doing music easy. for like my whole life um so yeah so i felt more comfortable doing that kind of thing um for me what for me it was more the leadership part that took more work right the feeling like you're gonna be like like being in, in charge of what yeah. you're doing is okay for you to do was was the bigger gap but uh but yeah music was always easier but oh that's kind of been my problem actually is because so because I've been doing music my whole life, I have a really intuitive understanding of music, which makes it sometimes difficult for me to communicate yeah. to somebody what it actually is what I'm doing, you know. So um, that's why I've been uh, really fascinated by some of the the music work that say Messi Fahadur has been doing because it's um, it's taking complex like musical theory concepts and shaving them down to like, okay, what does someone who's doing cup what actually need to know? Mm -hmm. What will actually make yeah. their life easier to do their music uh, in a way that's like, I can teach them in yes. 10 seconds. So that's been really helpful mm -hmm. uh, for me to like reinterpret what I already know, like in my body about music into something that I can say, okay, yeah. do this to a student and now that makes understand. sense. That makes sense. To me, for me, uh, music was also kind of easier to do, but I didn't like the singing part. Me was I, I love to play the instruments. Mm -hmm. I love to to play capoeira, but singing for me was you no. Know, I didn't love to sing, you know. And I told this story many, many times to my students as well. But I never sang until the teacher stopped the hoda or the class, and had to sing for everyone just like oh nothing you know <laughs> just saying like this song and this song and i was like no do this to me man no you do it to yourself Come down, you have to sing some shit then i learned my lesson again you know <laughs> yeah, yeah sometimes you yes. really need that push like that and like now i'm like oh i'm gonna sing man i love to sing <laughs> All about yeah. singing, yeah, man. Yeah.
Yo, uh, uh, last question. Um, I know you're really busy and the pandemic is a little bit in our rear view. Um, have you had any plans with continuing with your uh, podcast? Uh, yes, so I am, it, oh, cool. it, I am still working on it now. So what I'm in, what I'm trying to do at this point is to, um, uh, I'm essentially reworking what, how my workflow yeah. works on the podcast. So, so that I can make it work with my current, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, life realities now. Um, so I have a couple of episodes that are in the works right now. Um, but it's always been the kind of thing where I'm not, True. I've never been in a rush to get there. So I, I, I would rather, you know, only put out two or three yeah. episodes a year really and be happy yeah. with them. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. But there, there are more in the works now, and they're cool. nice. hoping in the next. Looking forward to it, man. Be able to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, I I really appreciate this that you're that you're starting now, because you know you you mentioned you know yeah. the Cupboard world has has changed a lot, especially with uh, with social media and the internet. But personally, I really think that. Um, we are not, we are not, not taking advantage of uh, the technological tools that we have as as much as we should, and as much as other arts yeah. and other sports are are doing. Um, so I think there's a lot of space for us to really do new and cool yeah. things, and for people to contribute. Because even with even with podcasting, there's I don't know three maybe active Capoeira podcasts. Um, and they're all, you know, they're doing great work too, but there's no reason why we couldn't have another, you could easily have another dozen people start Capoeira podcasts. Yeah. And we yeah. still have tons exactly. to talk about. For yeah, that's years. why I also want to do this. So, this. This is not, yeah, well, it's not like a podcast thing, but it's more like, okay, let's interact with people, you know? And, and step also for me, step out of my comfort yeah. zone and try to use social media in a way that I'm not used to do you know and uh, like i said in the beginning okay let's reach out to some capoeiristas try if they were try to willing to do it this with me and again I'm really honored that mm -hmm. uh, that you want to sit down with me virtually and just to talk about capoeira and it yeah it really means a lot to me because this is my third third episode so to speak and there are many more to come uh, but yeah thank you very much mm -hmm. man thanks No problem. I really, I really appreciate being cool, part man. Of it. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. Likewise. Uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. All the best luck. And uh, yeah, I will see your uh, your videos, your flips, your trainings. I will see. <laughs> I was, I, it all feels like so, man. I saw you spinning in the air like that. I was like, man, back in the days, I could do that as well. But now, my hips like fucked up. I cannot do this shit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice, man. It's yeah. nice to see yeah. that you're so active, man. It's also nice to see that you're have a great uh, support around you with Mascara and Ferdura, all the great couples around you. Just don't stop. Just continue with your work, man, and um, do your thing, man. Nice. Well, you're welcome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Hey, thank you. We're gonna keep in touch one way or another. 
and maybe we can do this sometimes in the future and uh, for now all the best man yeah. thanks absolutely you too See you, man bye all right take care talk to you soon